Welcome back to another episode of Louisiana Ladies. My name is Melissa Torito. And I am Maggie Robinson. And this is a podcast with with no no agenda. agenda. We would love if you guys would subscribe to the podcast and that way you never miss a new episode. Additionally, when you subscribe, if you could rate and review, we would really appreciate that as well. We are also on social media, both Instagram and Facebook, so please give us a follow at Louisiana Ladies Podcast. And Maggie? You can reach us at our email address, louisianaladiespodcast at gmail.com. everyone we are back it is now 2022 and that it does not mean 2020 with the too like the number 22 i saw a meme that said if that's what we're about to go into i'm out <laughs> i'll wait till 2023 um so happy new year hope everyone had great holidays um we're excited about the new year got maggie with me hey Hey, Halo. I just wasn't sure what I could just Maggie always shows up a little bit. She's only been doing this for like, you know, 15 months. But, you know, um, also, uh, before we introduce our fabulous guest today, uh, just want a disclaimer that we are recording this on Zoom because our guest is in Pennsylvania, not Oklahoma, like I told Lainey. You know, you learn a little bit about people all the time. So we have Katie Boyer. Hey, girl. Hey. All right. So, Katie. First of all, I like to start off all the podcasts with how did we, I like the guests to say how we met. All right. So we'll, we'll start like early, early on. I met Melissa at a conference many moons ago. And sometimes when you meet people, you just know they're your people. And I feel like after our first interaction, we were already like both professional and personal besties. And that has honestly just flourished over the last couple of years to the point that like, I think it's like real life besties, but getting to know her in a professional and a personal environment, as you all know, obviously she's fabulous and lucky to call her a friend and super excited to join the podcast today. Yes. So I don't remember like the exact moment that Katie and I met because it was just such an instant, easy connection. It might have actually been me checking out Pension Pro. Oh yeah. I guess maybe it was actually a purpose, but it all worked out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, like the professional side of it. So funny story about uh, Katie that I'm going to share really quick is that of course, an ambulance comes down the road um, that I'm going to share really quick. And this, uh, you know, I, I shared something similar with my friend Marta, who was on the podcast probably almost like a year or so ago. So every year, a bunch of the retirement peeps go to it's called ASPA Annual, which is the board nerds. It is nerds. <laughs> what does the A stand for? I'm blanking out. Isn't it associated? American. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're doing great. Um, yes, it is the, hang on. No, no, no. I, I got this because I just posted something today. It is the American Society of Pension Professionals and Actuaries. Super fun organization, guys. Watch out. Okay. I mean, like 
It's like TPA's gone wild at this particular conference. I'm sounding so nerdy right now. So anyway, so this year, you know, we didn't, we weren't able to go in 2020. So we were all super pumped to be able to see each other because we literally see each other at least once or twice a year in person. So it was a long time for all of us to go. We've all, like Katie said, we've all become friends. And so Katie wanted to come down, drive the day early. And she was like, I am not paying whatever for, it was like a ridiculous amount for the hotel. So then I said, well, you can just stay in my room. And she was like, well, is that going to be weird? And I was like, no. Did you say that it was going to be weird? I may have said something like that. I didn't mean it if I did, but you know, sleepover style as an adult, but yeah. <laughs> so then I check into the hotel and first of all, at this moment, I'm just surprised I even made it there because with the flights nowadays, I just expected to be stranded in some airport. And it's, it's like, I check in, I like unpack my bag or get settled. And it's like an hour later, I'm like, oh, hmm, this is a king bed. So I text Katie. I'm like, surprise, <laughs> we have a king bed. But all was good. It wasn't, you know. It worked out. Honestly, moving out was a real shame to move into my own room after like sleepover time. So, but it was a good time. No regrets. I, I feel like that Sunday we didn't see each other and Katie texted me. It was like, where are you? I am having withdrawals. <laughs> yeah, it was very hard. My room felt very lonely when I moved into my own space. Not to mention, you kept all your swag in my room the whole time. That's true. That's true. Katie doesn't travel lightly. Thankfully, Melissa was understanding when I showed up with enough luggage for three people. <laughs> anyway, it was a good time. And then, Katie, didn't you tell your boss? Didn't you text your boss? And that I slept her- with my first client? I did. Yeah. <laughs> but no, was it your boss that you texted and instead of the word shack, it said snack. Oh, oh, we caused an entire confusion. I said, I'm snacking with Melissa. And someone thought we were having like hors d'oeuvres somewhere. And by the time we met up later, she's looking at me like I'm nuts. I'm like, what are you talking about? See, autocorrect gets me every time. But I was shacking up with Melissa. Anyway, it was a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's when you know that you're the people that you meet at conferences have become your friends when you do this. And so Katie also recently got married. So we're going to talk all about that. But, you know, Katie, I don't know that much about your life. Oh, like, oh, boy, there's a there's a whole lot to tell. It's been 33 years of chaos over here. So do you want me to start at the womb or are we doing Reader's Digest version? You tell me what you want to know. Well, why don't you start at the womb? All right. So it was July 12th, 1988 that my parents were blessed with a perfect, perfect daughter. Kidding. Anyway, um, I grew up in central Ohio to the most amazing parents on the planet. I have a younger sibling, a younger sister who is a nurse, who is the joy of my parents. Um, I moved away after college. I actually went to college at Ohio University studied journalism and wanted to be a motorsports reporter really super bad and moved down to Charlotte, North Carolina, took what I thought was my dream job at 21 years old. Fun fact, scary time to get your dream job. And most dream jobs when you're 21 make zero money. Um, So I had a super fun job. I traveled the country for four years following um, a motorsports series and through that job met who is now my husband and we've been doing this for a whole month so we're doing great today is our one month anniversary um and he and I started dating long distance he worked for a company in racing too uh long distance is ridiculous when you're driving seven hours each way 
And we got to the point that we were like, something's got to give. And he's like, you need to move to PA. And I said, never would I move to PA. And then two months later, I moved to PA, to PA and took a job uh, with an insurance agency that was horrific. And then I was like, mm, can't do that. Got to find something else. And I started with a little company down the road. And I thought, oh, yeah, I could be a help center person for a software company. And almost eight years later, here I am in central Pennsylvania working for the retirement industry for a software company and living my best life. And now one year married or one year married, one month married, but we've been together for eight years. So yeah, that led me here to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, which everyone in my family refers to as the other Ohio, because it's literally the exact same thing with six and a half hours east. So that's the quick and dirty of how Katie came to be. And most of your clients, or maybe all of your clients are third-party administrators. Pretty much. Our clients are all, uh, well, I'll say TPAs and some advisors and some more record-keeping facing, but primarily, yes, TPAs. Okay. About how many TPAs do y'all work with? So we work with, I want to say close to 450. And I realized I just said software company, but I work for a company called Pension Pro. Um, we are a workflow management software for, I say for the retirement industry, but we work a CRM, workflow, secure file, portal, things like that. So um, we, I'd say we probably have about f- around the 450 client mark across the country, everybody from startups to um, TPAs, they handle upwards of 10,000 plans. So we have a very wide range of client sizes. And I think the unique aspect of our business is that what started as something that I think a lot of people viewed as being, um, I'll say both boutique, but boutique and a luxury has now, especially in what the last two years have brought, have become really a expectation and a requirement to be able to have the capabilities to run your business from wherever you are. So cloud-based software has become extra important in the last two years. Well, and it also, um, so we onboarded with Pension Pro, was that before you got here or were we onboarding with them when you got here? When I got here, so about five years ago. Yeah, so about five years ago. Um, And Katie, you and I probably knew each other before that. I was probably a little bit more reluctant. I think at that time I wasn't necessarily running the show as much as I am now. And it was just the, I've said this before, but, you know, just a little information for our listeners. So the TPA business inside of a CPA firm, we are a different, the TBA practice is a different type of practice. So we were constantly trying to mold with the workflow systems that the CPA firm had, you know, pretty much with tax returns. And what we do is very unique and it's niche, you know, and so to have something that was created specifically for TPAs that you can really customize, again, we probably don't have that many TPAs that listen to this, but I just want to let people know that from a business perspective, any a workflow management system that is specific to what you're doing it can really make a difference in terms of keeping up with things, not dropping the ball, getting invoices out um, tr- from training. You can train on it and securely sending emails, just to kind of name a few. I don't know what we did before Pinterest Pro. We kept it oh. on ahead, Maggie. I love that. I love hearing that. No, it, it's true. And I mean, honestly, regardless of industry that you're in, if you've ever had to try to manipulate something that didn't fit what you do, you you like the, you know, round hole, square peg thing just doesn't, it just doesn't work. And you get to the point um, with a lot of businesses that you've caused enough of a, uh, 
uh, dumpster fire that like by the time you're actually trying to get something, it's like, oh, okay, I've actually taken control of everything that I shouldn't have and now I can't fix it. So it's, um, it's been a whirlwind. I mean, our company has grown tremendously and it's pretty cool whenever we're at our super exciting conferences that Melissa referenced earlier everyone knows who you are. So it's pretty cool to be, you know, the elite provider in the industry. And that so many of our clients say things like, you know, like Maggie did, like, what did we do before that? Like, how did I live my life before your product was brought in? It's pretty cool to hear that from people. So one of the best things about Pension Pro is probably one of the, I want to say like the smallest features or probably some that every workflow, but it's like marking things done and then pressing complete. And you're like, and that task is going to somebody else. <laughs> That's right. Don't know where it went, but it's not with me anymore. <laughs> Hope it gets done. Um, so wait, Katie, you just alluded to like being known at these conferences and there is a certain level, like Katie Boyer is basically famous at these conferences. Everybody knows her. And so I was kind of like, I mean, I was kind of honored that you would, out of all the people, you know, at this conference, you would stay or you would snack. In my Listen, I will only snack with you. Um, it's super funny that you said that because our company was, um, we were actually bought out in April and we were bought by a larger organization, you know, with hopes of being able to do more things with integration technology. But um, I've been meeting with their marketing team and doing a lot of stuff to try to improve and have more resources for our marketing. And I got asked once and they were like, so you're kind of like a, kind of like a TPA influencer, right? And I was like, I'm sorry, I've, I've never heard that term before. Um, so give me a second to process that. But maybe and they're like well you know you're following they're giving me all of these marketing statistics and I was like a TPA influencer I really feel like we need to make t-shirts that say TPA influencer it's sorry handing them out because you know you don't think about it that way but I joke with people now that like I am 33 years old which we hire a lot of young people so I either feel like I'm 100 or still occasionally a young person but when I travel like I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, being popular with when you work at conferences is one of the most exhausting things you can ever do as a human. Because everyone's texting you like, where are we going? Where are we going out? It's like, I just want to go to bed. I just want to snack with Melissa. Okay. I'm exhausted. I can't do anything else. So, um, but people are like, oh, but it always looks like so much fun. I'm like, oh, it's fun. It's just exhausting. So every time one of our employees is like, it just looks like you guys do nothing but have a good time when you're out. I'm like, come with me sometime. Let me just put you in conference mode so you can feel the chaos that it is to travel and do industry shindigs. But um, it, it, it is fun, though, getting to travel and that people like to like to hang out with you for sure. Yeah, I, I do tell my team that, too. I You know, they know I have a, a a lot of fun at ASPA annual, but with any of these conferences, I mean, they start at 8 a.m. And, you know, unless you give yourself a curfew, you might be out till 11, yep. 12, um, you know, and that sounds like, well, you just, or, or Katie, two or three, I didn't do that this time. I, I was at 1.30 was my latest and it was the last night. So yeah. I spoke at this conference, which is a great deterrent to not stay out. You That's don't- true especially when it's early. But the one thing I think that's kind of interesting about our, and and I've done other conferences before, but like the people truly do care about the content, I think, which is great. So it's like, you either have to be a person that can rally or 
you're there for, you know, just, just the learning component of it, but it has been cool. I've actually, I've gotten to speak at the last couple. I know you speak all the time, so it's old news for you to speak. Everybody knows, but I have gotten to do it a couple of times in the last few that I've been to. So it's been cool. And of course, always a, a nice change since many of us extroverts have been kept away from people for a while. So it was just nice to see people in person again. Yeah. And so Katie and I, when this episode drops later that week, we will be heading to Fort Lauderdale for the work conference, which definitely sounds not as exciting, but the acronym is funny, is more fun to me, Women in Retirement Conference. So that's for TPAs and advisors. And I think you're speaking at this one, right? I'm a vendor at this one. So I have a big idea presentation, but yeah. I should probably know that since I am on the committee, but I can't necessarily. That's right. You kind of knew. That's fine. But yes, I, I do. I do have a little presentation. Um, okay, so I'm excited to see that. So I get to see Katie Boyer, which Boyer is her maiden name, by the way. I haven't adjusted to the married name, but I get to see Katie Same. Boyer two times in three months, which is amazing. It's it's pretty much pretty incredible for sure. I'm really stoked about it. Okay, so let's talk about some stuff outside. Like I feel like we're the only ones. Like Maggie yeah. goes into that conversation. You yeah, know? for sure. We got people falling asleep. Let's talk about something different. Okay. So a couple of years ago, I'm not exactly, I don't, it might've been a year ago. I can't remember the timeline. You made the decision to have, um, it's gastric sleeve surgery. Mm-hmm. It has some sort of fancier name beyond that, but most people know what you're talking about when you say gastric sleeve. That is correct. Okay. So can I just, can we just get personal and yeah. real and what was, you know, had you been thinking about that for a while and what was your primary motivation for that? Yeah. So, um, I'm probably overly open about the, the entire process because I think it's super important for people to be transparent and to know what options are out there. So, um, I have spent probably the largest part of my life overweight, like I said, 33, um, all sorts of things lead to you making a decision to make a huge life change. And I had several, um, when I was, I told you, uh, early on, I wanted to work in motorsports and more than anything on the planet, I wanted to be a race reporter. I wanted to be the person in the pit area. I wanted, that's what I wanted. And that was my dream. And, um, when I took the position that I did and kind of was working toward that, um, it was made very clear in subtle ways and once a not so subtle way that I had the skills that it took. I was actually told once that you have the face, the personality and the knowledge, but that I could not be an on television um, reporter. And I, I, before everyone's like, Oh, that's so terrible. It, it is. It sucks. Don't get me wrong. But like, I'm also not stupid. I've, it's not like it was a shocker to me to think I wouldn't be the first person that they would pick, you know, to be a a TV reporter, but I, you know, had made every effort that I felt in my realm to make a lifestyle change to lose weight on my own. And I did what probably most people can relate to. You lose 15 to 20 pounds, you're killing it. And then, you know, one night you wake up and you've gained it. And it's like, how did this happen? I've done that ups and downs, ebbs and flows forever. If there's a product out there, I've bought it guaranteed. If I ever went back and looked at the amount of money that I spent trying to lose weight, I could probably retire today. Like it's been a forever process. So um, I, the most important thing that has always been important to me my whole life is I want to be a mom. And um, 
I know that there are complications that come with being overweight. I did not want to first off be told I couldn't become a mom. And then secondly, I want to be an active mom. Like my parents were amazing parents and I want to be able to do the same. I always joke. I want to be able to do keg stands with my kids at college. Like I want to be able to do all the fun things as a mom. And, um, I knew that I, I needed something to help me get there. So my sister actually had the surgery in 2017 and, um, the year prior to that, or two years prior to that, my dad was diagnosed with leukemia, which if you've ever had a parent to go through cancer treatment, it is the most terrifying thing on the planet. And it brings like your whole life into perspective. Like, I don't want to live my life like this anymore. I want things to be better. So my sister, Samantha had her surgery and, um, did incredible and had like no complications, did great. And I thought, you know, I wasn't ready. I'm like, you've not tried hard enough to justify doing this. So I waited and um, it was kind of the following year I started that path of getting there. And uh, if it's anything you've ever considered or looked into, it's interesting because a lot of programs require like at least six months of education and going through all these things to make sure that you're ready for it. Because fun fact about weight loss surgery, they cut out a big portion of your stomach. So um, I'm not going to act like that's unassisted. It's a lot, um, but it doesn't change your mind. Like you still crave the things you used to. If you have a crappy relationship with food, it doesn't miraculously change that. So we had to go through, you know, classes with a dietitian. I had to meet with a nutritionist. I had to meet with a psychiatrist to make sure that this decision was made for the right reason. So my six months turned into more like 10 because of COVID. They weren't doing um, surgeries during that time. And then I got the call to have it done. So I had committed in, I think, November of 2019 that I was ready to start. And then um, I actually had it done mid-August of 2020. And since that date... I have lost about 106 pounds. So, um, yeah, it's been absolutely um, an entirely life-changing experience, but one I would do 100 times over. So um, let me ask you, what is how bad is the recovery or what is the recovery like? So I'm an idiot. So keep that in mind as I answer this question. <laughs> My sister took off six weeks. That seems to be relatively standard. I took off five business days and came to work the following week. Um, but I was working from home and it's like, I have a desk job. It's fine. Um, and full disclosure, I was okay. It was just a matter of like sitting for a long period of time could be, and I'm like, I'll be good. I'll get up every hour and I'll do something. And then like three hours later, you realize you haven't moved. So for most people, like three to four weeks is average, but if they're able to, a lot of people will take up to six, especially if you have to like do anything that requires lifting heavy objects or anything like that. But I took off five days. That doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah, I if know. I did this, I would also probably take off five days. Yeah. I- and, and full disclosure, I probably worked some of even those five days, but it's legit one of the strangest things ever. So like they show you, um, you know, I, I mean, I didn't see the, my stomach that they cut out, but they show you what it looks like. And basically whenever they cut it, it's kind of the shape of a banana basically is what you have left. So you have these like funny rules. Um, once you have it done, like you get to leave the next day. It's not like you have to stay in the hospital for very long. My surgery, I think took like an hour and 40 minutes. And I've read at this point, cause you know, I was a medical expert from the internet by the time I had the surgery 
And I'm like, okay, I have to get up. I have to do all these things. So as soon as I woke up from the surgery, I didn't realize I'd had it. I'd never been under anesthesia before. So I'm annoyed that I'm still in this room. And my mom is like reading on her iPad. And I'm like, mom, when is this happening? Like, when are they taking me back? And she just looks at me. She's like, Katie, they already did it. I'm like, no, they didn't. She's like, yes, they did. Like, now we're arguing. The nurse comes in. And I'm like, you're going to have to show me because I can't feel it. So they pull up my shirt and sure enough, I have these like little marks on my stomach and I was like, <gasps> but I can't feel anything. So I go to sit up and it was the only time in a year and a half that I had like severe nausea hit me. Cause they're like everything you need to move slowly. <laughs> but I like, I was up, I was walking. If they, if I could have, I think I could have technically left that day. Like, but again, I'd made the decision like a year ahead of time. So everything the doctor asked of me, I was like fine tooth comb following the rules so when everything went smoothly, I told him, I was like, I'm just shocked. Like I've read all these things about people having trouble. And he's like, Katie, you did what was asked of you. He's like, so it's doing exactly what it was supposed to. So, um, but yeah, my recovery was quick and it's funny. There are a couple, and again, this is open, right? So there are a couple of weird things that a lot of people deal with after the fact. Um, the gastric sleeve is different than a gastric bypass, don't ask me all medically what it means other than the fact that my stomach was just cut to be smaller, whereas the bypass, they actually reroute. So a lot of times you have to take a lot of extra vitamins and things to get the nutrients that you need. I still take vitamins, but my, everything still goes the same way that it used to. Um, but I dealt with a little bit of hair loss for a while, which is super common, whether you have surgery or not, if you lose a lot of weight, it's common. Um, thankfully I have a ridiculous amount of hair, so it didn't like really bother the vainness of me other than you do notice it's going out. Um, and then the weird, um, you're supposed to drink a ton of water, eat a bunch of protein, but I had read online that you can have issues with, um, your digestive system and being able to go to the bathroom after the fact. And that was really the only complication I had with the whole thing. So like I said, I would, everyone gets asked the question, would you do it again? The people who had a healthy experience would say yes. And almost every single person would say, I just wish I would have done it sooner. And I would also say that. So, um, let me ask you this. So after, you know, you recovered and, and I, I really didn't realize that, you know, this is my ignorance to it. I didn't realize that, you know, one of the, I guess, requirements or preparation is to meet with a dietitian or meet with a nutritionist. Well, I personally like that. That seems like they're in, I don't know, maybe they're educating you like this isn't a quick fix, like this will help, but it's not gonna, you know, you're going to have to still put forth some effort, right? Yeah. Well, and the part about it too, that's really hard is that in order for insurance to cover it, most insurance companies require that. But, you know, a lot of people will go out to like Vegas or to Mexico and have the surgery done and it's quick. But, you know, there is a reason that this surgery has like, I think it has like a 50% success rate. Like if you don't change your mind about how you eat, it will come back. Fun fact, your stomach will stretch. So it, it was interesting, I think, for me, because for the longest time, no lie, I could eat like maybe four bites of food. And to this day, like I still eat significantly less, but it's such a mind game to like, and you're like, oh, I'm kind of full. I can tell you something. When you have weight loss surgery, when you're kind of full and you think just one more bite, don't. Terrible idea. You go from uncomfortable to miserable, like immediately. And I'm so thankful. I've never once gotten sick, but a lot of people, like when they hit that threshold, will 
like immediately have to get sick. And it's like, I've never pushed the limit, but it's important to know what that limit is. And um, random fun fact about me, I cannot physically burp. Like I don't, I'm broken somehow, but I, I cannot burp. I get the feeling ever. I've never been able to. And it's almost everybody's trigger to know when they're full, they burp. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? What's my thing, right? So occasionally, every once in a great while, I'll get a random hiccup. But like, you have to be waiting for it, right? Like you're listening for it. Or my body just doesn't do anything. So I just have to trust my instinct, which is not fun. I'd rather have the indicator that's the burp, but I, I can't. So, um, but it's, it's very interesting. Cause like I've seen, I follow a lot of social accounts and stuff and people are very forthcoming and willing to share like what works for them and what doesn't, which is great, but it's really, really scary. Cause you'll see some people do really well and then start to slowly like put weight back on. So in the first year I lost weight, like it was my job. Like it was the easiest thing on the planet. I couldn't eat hardly anything. So honestly, I think it doesn't hold you overly accountable in year one. As long as you eat like small amounts, you're still losing weight. Like your body is so shocked by eating such a smaller amount that it doesn't even, what you eat is not overly important. I'm now at that stage where I have to work a lot harder to lose, which um, is expected. I'm at this point a year and a half out, but it's a weird it's a weird feeling. Like I'm now at the point that I still have weight. I'd like to lose, um, a lot, a lot, lot less than what I did, but I'm having to like retool my plan to, to meet those goals now that it's not like falling off. So it's, again, it's not a, not a magic pill for sure, but certainly a tool that, um, that changed my life for sure. Yeah. And I like how you put that. It's, it's, it's a tool. And I do think that, you know, part of your motivation was definitely just overall health and wellness and energy, you know? Um, and again, this is by the way, this is not to say that people that are your weight or were your weight before is everybody, this is for everyone. I just yeah. thought it was, I feel like for you, for somebody to make that big of a decision, there's other, there's, there's other motivating factors other than just the way you look. I mean, you absolutely were going under the knife, you know, and we, we had a couple of, um, you know, again, I, I made this decision for myself and, you know, at the time Kevin and I were just dating and I, I told him, I said, Hey, I really think I'm going to do this. And I appreciated the fact that his first thing was, if this is something that you want for you, I support you a hundred percent, but I need you to know that I don't think there's anything wrong with you. And I said, Kev, it's not like, to me, it's not something that's wrong with me necessarily. It's just something that I want to make myself better. And, um, you know, you read all of these crazy things, like when you transform your life, that your relationships change and, you know, your relationships with other people, both people you love and people who just know you. And gosh, is that not real life? Like I've had, you've had, I've learned that there are people who are truly happy for you and those that just aren't. Um, If you're successful and someone else is not, it's amazing how they can kind of reflect that back on you. Um, I've seen people be absolutely wonderful. I've met complete strangers on the internet that have become like your biggest cheerleader that have never met you in person that think you walk on water, which I think is amazing. Um, you just, I don't know, you learn a lot about what matters and what doesn't, I guess, whenever you have a huge life change, but the big eye-opening thing for me, 
getting to a hundred pounds loss was a huge deal. When I started this year, every year for as long as I can remember, I've had a resolution to lose a hundred pounds for as long as I can remember. And when I went to write them down this year, I was like, I went to write it and I stopped for a second. And I was like, you don't have that to lose. Like you literally could not lose that much weight and be okay. Like that to me was like, holy smokes, that's so cool. Yeah. And the big, one of the coolest things was um, when Kevin and I got engaged, I waited a really long time to go dress shopping because we got engaged in December of 2021. No, sorry, 20, 2020. <laughs> Good Lord. And um, I just had the surgery four months before. So like I'm losing crazy weight and I'm like, oh, I don't really want to go and be like, hey, can you tell me what this will look like in 70 pounds? Like, so I waited and the day I went, I was so nervous because, you know, as a plus size person, when you walk in to buy, depending on the shop, they're like, oh, cool. We have seven dresses in your size to try on. Knock yourself out. And the day I walked in, I was still anxious because you get like PTSD about it too. But I walk in and there's this humongous room that's like as big as the floor of my house. And um, I said, okay, I was like, so where are my size? She's like, you could wear anything in this room. And I was just like, any of them, like whatever I want. And she said, anything in this room will fit you. I was like, it was one of the coolest things. I've never experienced that in my life. Or second one, I went to a bachelorette party this year and a girl asked if she could borrow my shirt. And then another girl nearly stole my good bra because she loved how it fit. It fit. But I was like, am I sharing clothes with just regular friends right now? what is this life? So I've gotten to enjoy some things and an older, oh, and I bought my first Victoria's Secret pink outfit, which I'm pretty sure every girl that I went to high school with wore, but I'm like, listen, give me my minute. Okay. I will wear the thing that's not pink that says pink. And you're just going to have to suck it up in my thirties because I never got to wear it before. So. Well, so, so let me just I think those are still cool. Yeah. I mean, thank I, you. We don't judge over here at Louisiana ladies. So I, if I just had to, you know, kind of say like, I, so first of all, I, I've always had a great connection with Katie and, um, whenever I think you might've, you might've posted on social media, or maybe we just talked about it at some point, you know, and I, I feel like the people, and this might be a little bold of a statement. I feel like the people that don't support you are not secure with themselves. Yep. That to me is insecurity, right? Because, you like, you kind of just said a few things that maybe like, I mean, Maggie and I and Lainey, we're pretty average sized people, you know? And so it's like, yeah, I've been able to share clothes with certain people. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, you know, and those are just small, again, I'm not to be like super vain, but like, that's an accomplishment. And that is something that you wanted, you know, and I think everybody has different goals, but to me, you never came off. You always came off confident to me, whether you were or not, I don't know, but you, you always seemed like you were a fairly confident person. And I don't feel like this surgery has changed the Katie that you are at all. Yeah. And that uh, honestly, like, it's interesting. I've never been a not confident person. Like I never thought there was anything wrong with me. And I, I had a lot of like time, I guess, to think about it because my sister, one time I remember, referred to something as her fat clothes. And I stopped her very quickly. And I said, keep in mind, I took some of those, like, let's not play this. Like I will not be that person because to me, like I never felt broken. 
I guess, if that makes sense. And I know a lot of people do. So I don't want to downplay that. Like I, I never hated myself. I never hated how I looked like, honestly, a really scary moment for me. Cause part of you will always, well, part of me, I guess, will always fear failing at this. Like I'm here and things are going great, but it's like, what happens when they're not? And I've been very like aware of myself. And thankfully a lot of people love me and are willing for me to be irritated with them for a short period of time. If they make those comments, like, um, one thing that can be very, like, I I've never been a crazy drinker. I know if we travel occasionally, you're like, really, but not regularly, like, but socially I will go out and, and have a good time. But again, I know how that can affect me. So it's like, if we do a couple of days, I'll go weeks and not have anything. So it's like, to me, it's just a moderation thing, but I have to keep myself in check because I can fluctuate five or six pounds. And that's one thing, but like when it gets to 10 and above, you're like, okay, this is like, this is becoming a problem. So I have to be a little bit more aware of it. But when, when I see people who are just, you know, I hate my body, I hate the way I look. I I never felt that. Like there were times that obviously you can tell you don't look great in something, but I went through my closet earlier this year and had to get rid of no lie, almost everything. And keep in mind, we've not traveled or I've not traveled. I haven't been in the office regularly in almost two years. So all of my work clothes, the nice things that I've bought, the things that I like to dress up in, nothing fit me. And (laughs) poor Kevin, I have to give him so much credit because I don't think he had any idea how to react. I thought it would be exhilarating. I sat on the floor and cried. Like everything I tried on fit me like a parachute and I had no clothes. Like and watching them all go away, like you put something on and you remember how you felt in it, right? Like it didn't matter to me. It was 10 sizes too big. It was just like, I remember how I felt in it. And for whatever reason, watching that go away felt like part of me left with it. And I'm like, why, why are you that concerned about clothes? I actually think it was so financial, Katie going, that was so much money. We have wasted so much money, but um, it wasn't fulfilling like I thought it would be. And Every once in a while, it's cool to put on something and realize like, oh, wow, look how far we've come. But then it's also like, oh, my gosh, we have nothing. So I was actually texting around like, what's everybody wearing to the women's conference? Because whatever it is, I have to go buy some of it. So are we are we like springing it up because we're in Florida? Are we wearing our traditional stuff? Because I don't have clothes that fit. So I need some information. But it's I don't know. It's been a very interesting journey, one I don't regret at all. But it is funny, the things that mean something to you. Um, One other one that anybody who is, oh gosh, the term I absolutely cannot stand, morbidly obese can resonate with. I got on a Southwest flight not too long ago and um, early on in boarding, a woman sat right next to me and I was in the middle and I hate the middle, but I offered because my friend loves the window seat, but she just immediately sat right next to me. And I look at her and I, (laughs) without even thinking, I go, why did you sit next to me? And she goes, do you want me to move? I go, no, 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 no. I didn't mean it like that. Why did you sit next to me? She was like, you just seemed nice and approachable. And I was like, huh. She, she was like, seriously, do you want me to move? I'm like, no, now I feel like I have to tell you. Um, for the longest time, like the one flight, I will never forget. I went in to sit next to someone and he rolled his eyes. When I sat next to him, I actually saw him text somebody about the fat girl that was sitting next to him. When I tell you that stuff like that, like literally is like tattooed 
to your brain. Like I remember exactly the day it was, where I was sitting, how I felt. I remember all of that. And so like to have her just sit next, I just wanted to hug her. I'm like, okay, she's going to think that's weird. But those moments, like you never forget. I'll never forget the last time I went to an amusement park when I was in school and I had to basically be shoved into be able to get my thing to my lap bar to click. And I just wanted to get off. Like I was so mortified. I, I wanted to just disappear in that moment. And two weeks ago, I went to Hershey Park and rode like every roller coaster. And I mean, nearly just sat there in tears and like everyone just looking at me like, what is wrong with you? Like, it's cold. I don't know. There's sort of my eye, but it's those moments mean something to you. And I'm thankful for them. And I'm thankful for kind of documenting the entire journey. And that's one thing that I committed to doing early too. So I created a social media account that I just focus on that part of my life. And it's been fun to be able to go back and look at the early point and then where we are now and where I can improve and kind of the group of people that has supported me along the way. So it's been cool. So in getting rid of those clothes, um, do you think part of you thought we're kind of scared to get rid of them in case? Oh, 100%. 100%. That's the case. Um, it's, I've always had a fear of failure in everything I've done, um, which is honestly very dumb because I don't really have a terrible track record for most things other than dieting. Um, but there was something like it was too good to be true, right? Like, but at the same time, the other thing that I kept telling myself is it's like, even if you needed more clothes, you're not going to wear those again, girl, you barely wear things like four times before you're ready for something new. Why do we even have those in the closet? But it's sad because as you noticed me saying that, like I'm still making an okay excuse because what if I don't do well? So it's weird. And I think honestly, as women, we're really bad about trying to downplay what we do well. Like, oh yeah. so, and I find myself doing it a lot, especially around this journey. But also I think part of it is when someone comes back at you with a sassy comment and, and I've had it before too, like, well, you lost weight because you had surgery. It's like, fun fact, the stomach that they took out weighed about 1.21 pounds. So that's what I lost because of the surgery. Like, I've never been dishonest about it. Um, And some people don't share when they have it. But I know this tool was an absolute asset. I tried to lose weight on my own and I did not do well. Um, So I'm very, very transparent about that. I have absolutely nothing to hide. I'm not ashamed of what I did. I think I did it the right way at the right time for me. And um, I've had a lot of people reach out and ask actually, and it's been funny because since we have been traveling, people are hesitant to ask you because there's nothing worse than going up and telling someone they look great. And like, oh yeah, I just battled, you know, eight months of cancer. And you're like, oh my God, I am so sorry. So people are careful how they approach it, but it's just funny how people be like, I don't know what you've done, but you look great. And I'm like, oh, I had a good portion of my stomach cut out and I worked my butt off. That's what I did. <laughs> but I'm... I'm honest about it because I also don't want to set these expectations. Like you too can lose a hundred pounds in one year. You know, if you stop eating chocolate or whatever, it's like, no, there was a path to getting to that point. Yeah. And I think the transparency, I mean, that's, you've always been a pretty transparent person, you know? And so I think that's really important. And, you know, it's just kind of like anything though, Katie, people like to give their opinions to you, whether you really care or not. You know, I've talked on the podcast about my husband and I, we just, we don't have kids. And it's like now, because I'm 40, I don't really get more any opinions. So I was like, thank God when I turned 35, I'm like, oh, 
people stop asking me, maybe, you know, but it was, it was a lot of opinions. And so while that's not the same thing, I can relate to that kind of like, one of the things I want to ask somebody is like, why do you give a shit? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one, but no one wants to actually hear from them. So, um, I don't know. I, it it is hard when people want to take a stance on something in your life. Um, and you know, weight loss surgery was one of them. Some people did not think that was a path and that's okay. Like I, you know, I didn't ask, but (laughs) thank you for feeling the need to come and let me know that. Um, but I, I think ultimately all, it all just stems back on how a person feels about themselves. And I've just kind of accepted that. Like, I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea and that's okay. But um, I know of a group of people who have been an absolute asset to me. And it's cool to hear that I've been that for other people. Like this journey is not easy. If I don't drink enough water, I feel like garbage. If I don't get enough sleep, I feel like garbage. Um you know, there are, there are things that are different a little bit about my life now, but all for what I feel are the better for sure. So, um, one question I get all the time, just in case this comes up is, do you have loose skin? Cause it's everyone's fear of not wanting to have surgery because they don't want to have loose skin. Um, I do. It's not crazy substantial. Thankfully, evidently I was thick from head to toe. So losing weight, for the most part, I've kind of like bounced back to a certain extent. Um, I'm not going to like win a bikini contest ever, but um, I have absolutely no issue with the changes and 100% when life goes past baby making or whatever, and I can afford it, would I 100% have something done to take care of that? Absolutely. But um, it's not a critical thing to me right now, but everyone asks like, aren't you worried about loose skin? I'm like, aren't you worried about how crappy we felt when we were fat? Like, how about that? Like, I'm much more worried about that than loose skin. So it's funny to me when people can get vain about that. Like, yeah, but fat looks better. I'm like, you do you boo. Um, Which is exactly right. It's, I mean, different strokes for different folks. And I still think that for the most part, people are trying to you know, the whole health and well-being, which that sounds really, really cliche, you know, like I feel better when I work out, I feel better when I don't drink alcohol every day. I feel better when I drink a lot of water right now, just sometimes there's some physical attributes associated with that. Yes. My skin looks better. I have more muscle tone. I don't feel, you know, I just feel better in my clothes, you know, but, um, I I just think that to each his own, but what I want to talk about really quick is you bought a Peloton. I did. I did. Oh gosh. And I am still obsessed with her. Um, What's her name? Betty. And now it's devastating. RIP Betty White. But um, yeah, so Betty is my main girl and she lives here in my office with me. Um, I'm now past the point that I had to wait three months for her to be delivered. And that PTSD has come and gone, thankfully. But um hands down, one of the best things I think I ever did for myself. Number one, fun fact, people are like, oh, I bought it, didn't use it. Well, either you have more money than you know what to do with because they ain't cheap or you don't have a significant other who said you wouldn't ride it. Because let me tell you, you can spite ride all day long. Even if I don't want to, I'm like, he doesn't think I will. So um, (laughs) I'm, I'm close to a hundred rides, I think. 
I got to be getting close. So I have to order the shirt when the time comes for sure. But um, I keep looking back at it like it's going to say something to me. Sorry. Um, I get the hype. I'm 100% here for it. I have my favorite instructors, all the things. I have the Peloton garb. I even bought the towels and they're better somehow. I can't even lie. Their sweat towels are better than regular sweat towels. Don't know why. They must have magic in them but um, completely obsessed with the bike. So very pumped. Uh, I do live in central PA and we have a tendency to get a really crappy winter. So I legitimately have no excuse. It is right behind me in my office. Yeah. And um, I've known several people that have bought Pelotons. And I Did you hear that Megan ordered one? Well, she didn't use my referral code. Did she didn't use, use mine either? Oh, we're going to call she her. She is dead to us. Wait till we find out whose code she used. I'm going to raise some hell about it. That's all right. They've been having all these specials, so they can't use the code anyway, because you don't get like the $600 off that wasn't offered when I bought my bike, but it's fine. I'm not bitter about it. Um, so I don't know how anybody can buy a Peloton and not use it. Cause it, even if you don't want to work out like the second, like the hardest part is sometimes it's just getting on the bike. Yeah. No, I completely agree. My, um, I have a cousin who's super, super fit and they just bought a bike for their house. And he, uh, we were at Thanksgiving and he was like, question, how do you get past like the hurt part? And I said, oh, your body will callous after like 10 rides. Yeah. And he was like, how do you get to 10 rides that you can tolerate before it's awful? I'm like, maybe it's worse for dudes, but after 10 rides, like I'm pretty much callous to it. I don't even notice it anymore. Like, He's like, you don't have a cushy seat. I'm like, I'm telling you, I don't know. Women are just stronger, I guess. I don't know. Suck it up, buttercup. Like, you'll be fine. I had like biking shorts that had like little padding in it, like from a long time ago. And so I wore those for like three rides. And then after that, I was like, if you, if uh, we're going to educate everyone, they always tell you, especially Cody Rigsby, he's really good about that. He's like a put your booty on the widest part of the saddle. And that's what you need to do. Yeah. If you're too far up, you Probably be Maybe sister. people just don't have enough ass. I mean, I can't relate, but that's the only thing I can figure. I'm like, I don't know. It's fine for me. <laughs> it's it's awesome. So, um, okay, well, I'm going to, I might text Miss Megan. And see what she she just told me yesterday. So, <sighs> okay. So a few other things, this fun fact about yourself. Yes. I can't remember now what I said. So you have to remind me. Didn't you just do this today? I did. Girl, I get it. I wouldn't either. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to say that the question that says, is there anyone you would like to shout out? This just made my day. <laughs> do you remember who you put, Katie? I, I do. And actually, so because I, I knew it was exciting, um, I, I shouted out Melissa because I think she's amazing, but I think she's amazing for multiple reasons, both what she does in her job, how active she stays with organizations that literally pay you zero money. And it's just because it's for the benefit of your industry, which I think is amazing. But one of the things I think is super cool is that everybody, again, I, I've gotten to know you a little bit from the personal side of things and I do, and I know you don't have kids, but I know how much your nieces, nephews absolutely love and worship you but seeing how active you are in your community again with this I think I've wanted to do a podcast forever and you're like all right then just freaking do it like we did and your absolute 
not care for being you and doing what you want, I think is incredibly important and something that every woman should look up to. And that's important to me. And it's one of the reasons that I think I appreciate you as much as I do, because I love the fact that you are unapologetically you. And I think that's a big deal because a lot of women are afraid to be loud. And actually one of my funny Melissa stories years ago, I tried to sponsor a women's conference that they were out of sponsorship. They could not welcome anyone else. So um, a group of women that were all there, part of the same like study group had reached out and said, Hey, would you want to take us to lunch? And I was like, I'll totally come and do that. So I flew into Chicago and I let my core group of women know I'm coming, but I'm not coming with the conference. So I've got to kind of lay low. Everyone's like, okay, cool. I walk into the hotel. (laughs) They are, I did not realize this having like a happy hour in the lobby of this hotel. There are at least 60 plus women a lot of them who I know, but we've already had the conversation about me being there laying low. Melissa has forgotten this and is on the complete opposite side of where I am in the bar, screams my name at the top of her lungs. And I just like freeze. I'm like, well, we blew our cover already. We have been here for less than 30 seconds. It was one of the funniest things because I worried the whole time about laying low, walk into the room, immediately have my cover blown. And I'm like, well, it is what it is. And everything was fine, but it was hysterical because the woman who I was trying to avoid immediately comes up. She goes, Katie, I didn't know you were going to be here. I was like, random turn of events that I ended up in the city. Uh, but it was so funny because, it, and then all of a sudden, as soon as she does it, she goes, <gasps> like, I knew I forgot something, but it was just hysterical to me. And uh, I think I like apologize and you're like, it's fine. I'm like, I'm so sorry. But like, that is a classic, like me not having a filter and just how excited I am to see you every single time. Like it is like sheer joy and excitement. I mean, you would think Katie and I were like long lost family members, the way we we react when we see each other. Um, Okay. So back to this really quick. The fun fact about yourself is that you never, and by the way, thank you for the kind words, but has... Uh, I am probably more unapologetically myself than a lot of women. And I think sometimes that can be challenging for others, you know, um, but, you know, I am who I am and God bless my husband. <laughs> okay. So the fun fact about yourself is that you have never interviewed for a job that you didn't get offered. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know why somebody wouldn't offer you a job. I mean, that's very sweet, very sweet. But so it's a weird, um, well, first off, I haven't had like a hundred million jobs. I should start off with that. Um, I've only had five, but each of them like straight out of school, I was offered right away. And then I had one that kind of, I wasn't offered it right away. And they had actually given the job to somebody else that totally threw off my numbers, but then no lie, 10 days later, they turned around and offered it. And I basically got to tell them, "Mm, sorry, not second best. Um, Okay. Let me rephrase that. That sounds super egotistical. I'd already accepted a different job. So I wasn't going to move to New Hampshire, but um, yeah, it's kind of cool. I've never, I have never gone to the interview process of a job that I wasn't offered. So. Okay. Fun. You also have a secret superpower to talk yourself or others out of sticky situations, especially around airfare and hotels. Yep. So, you know, when you get yourself like, um, oops, I made a mistake and I accidentally booked my flight on the wrong day or the wrong time, or I was liquored up and I have no idea what that flight is at all. Um, the 
I don't know, the random one-off where you had a timeshare that you got. So I can talk myself out of almost any situation when it comes to things like that. I've been able to get flights completely rebooked in another year that we could, now this is even before COVID. Now COVID is a little different, but pre-COVID I've helped people change their honeymoon dates. I've gotten airfare changes waived. Um, some pretty substantial, I got to give myself some credit. I've gotten pretty crafty, but again, the secret, secret sauce for anybody who's super interested in it is you have to keep getting to know the person on the phone. Your problem is your problem. And you can, you know, you can drop the tears and show all of that and show how upset you are, but really it's all about how Amber on the phone is going to save my ass. Like, that's the thing. It's like, Amber, you have no idea. I have sent flowers places. I have sent cookies, a woman at the, um, Franklin County in Columbus, Ohio, whatever courthouse saved my life one time by doing something that went above and beyond. The woman to this day reaches out to me annually to send me a Christmas card. Like I don't burn bridges when I'm able to save that. The girl that saved my life at American Airlines don't think I don't have her like on a speed dial. If I need somebody else, Amber is my girl. So, um, whenever someone makes a huge mistake, they're like, Katie, I need you to call and be me. And I have done it more times than you could even know. Getting like getting your miles. That's the other big one. Like I lost my miles last year from travel. I have called and I have been so many different people. If Amber from American Airlines hears this, she's gonna be like, are you kidding me? I thought that was sincere, but no, it's, it's my, it's my superpower. That's interesting. Do you, um, do you charge for this service? I should. Looking back, now, I mean, I've—I'm not kidding. I've saved people like a ton of money, and then to the point that they're like so involved in the story. I've gotten upgrades, all sorts of stuff. It's absurd. Yeah. So you should probably charge like what is that that like attorneys charge? I must sound really ignorant. Like it's a percentage of whatever money you save them. Yeah, yeah. I need to start this consulting business for sure because you, you I'm like, pretty good at it. You yeah. you have fun with it. See, here's the thing. I enjoy good customer service and I appreciate it. And I think part of that is like being in the business that when somebody is willing to go above and beyond because of a situation that they know that you are unintentionally in, I think is great. It gives a, and I give amazing reviews of people too. Like if I get good service somewhere, trust me, your manager is going to know it before I leave. And that's in a restaurant. I mean, it doesn't matter where I am. Like if you are great at your job, I want somebody who is above you to know that. So for me, it's just a person going above and beyond for something that you need. And every once in a while, you get great people who can do that. And if not, I'll keep moving until I find that person. I also think it's the fact that you don't like to fail. So if somebody asks you to do You're not something- wrong, <laughs> you are not wrong about that. I mean, I love that you just went on the whole customer service angle, but I would say there's something in there about I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this done. Um, Southwest can be brutal though. They're kind of a bunch of jerks occasionally, but the rest of them I'm usually pretty good with. You killed me with the spite rides because I can relate to that. Like if I would buy a Peloton, I feel like my husband would say the same thing. I'd be like, I'm going to ride this bike. Okay. The spite rides does not work on my husband because he still does not ride the Peloton. (laughs) No, no, no. It's the fact that they think you won't. No, no. I think he won't. And so he is not riding it to spite me. Oh, well. Yeah. Men don't care. Like they don't hold grudges. Like, and spite writing and spite cleaning are the two things that, Ooh, boy, can I get some stuff done? Yeah. My output exceeds if I'm angry. Ooh, next level. Yeah. I, um, 
yeah, Patrick could be like, Patrick's like, I don't really care if I ride the Peloton or not. And I'm like, okay, you know, like my little, that strategy just doesn't work on him very nice. well. Yeah, that must be nice not to care. Um, all right, Katie. Well, we are out of time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank and- you for having me. I'm sorry I'm not from Oklahoma or at least closer to, uh, to Louisiana, but. Okay. I think I got confused because I knew something about Ohio. That's true, but that's not Oklahoma. I know, but it starts with a no. That, that, okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That's fair. Okay, Lainey just reminded me of some housekeeping. I, look at Lainey. See, she's still here, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, last time we did a catch-up episode, I kind of, I listened to it back and I was like, God, I was kind of mean to Lainey. God, I'm speaking on her. Anyway, this is our first se- first episode of season three. And super fun fact, peeps, listeners, fans of Louisiana ladies, we have hit 10,000 downloads. Ow, ow. We have not hit 1,000 followers on Instagram. We took a little holiday hiatus. My social, and okay, also listener, I posted a question the other day and nobody, nobody put anything in there. Was it about the book? Yes. Oh, I saw it. Nobody, nobody gave me a book recommendation. It's okay. I'm I fine. gave it to you in person. Oh yeah, you did. Okay. I'm looking at Maggie. All right. So Katie, in this will drop and then I will see you two days later. But as of right now, I will see you in about eight days. Wait, Katie. Did you go yes. spin for Fort Lauderdale? Like, how? Yeah, is I don't that, know what I'm wearing. How is it? Um, did you actually go out and shop? So, no, I haven't yet. I reached out to no less than 10 women, and nobody has come up with any sort of response to me about what they're actually wearing. I don't know. Everyone says casual. I'm like, what does that mean? If one more person tells me casual, because that means different things to all sorts of different people. Well, you know, the CDC says just wear jeans and a cute top. <sighs> stressing me out have you seen this yes uh katie i'm not gonna be dressy i thought you were one of them that i texted that didn't respond what okay i thought you were one of them that i texted that did not respond to me no and by the way i marco pulled you like two weeks ago to congratulate you on your wedding and what are you just like not on marco polo anymore (laughs) all right so i have to be totally honest so i got a new phone and um I had an issue that it wasn't doing something properly. So I had to like get a a brand new phone, which then um, wiped out all of my stuff. And until if I don't see a notification, I don't open something up. What I didn't realize is all my stuff came over, but I actually have to click to download and re-sign into everything. Mm -hmm. So Marco Polo, no lie. I opened it up yesterday, yesterday, because I'm like, I can't believe nobody. And I opened it up. I was like, Oh, I have four messages from people going, you want to ride tonight? You want to ride tonight? And like, everyone thinks I'm the world's largest asshole that doesn't respond to anything, but I actually didn't realize I was getting them. So I did see your very lovely message to me about my wedding. Yeah. It was sent 35 days ago. Yep. Yep. Well, I appreciated it greatly. It's just, um, I got it late. And also both of my accounts now follow you on Instagram. Thanks. We just got the notification. Holler. All right, Katie, thank you so much for your time and being open to share your story. Um, so glad that you are a friend and a professional colleague when I don't know if we actually ever talk about professional stuff anymore. I mean, every once in a while, you just text me when you need something and we get we work through it. But um, I appreciate you for sure as a client, but I'm absolutely most appreciative of you as a friend. So thank you for having me today.
All right. Thanks, Katie. And thanks all of our listeners. Hope everybody has a great start to their new year. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.